Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another edition of the Our Football Podcast, episode 78. I'm Amelia Lopez, and it's another quick intro. <laughs> I apologize to everybody. I did not calculate my time correctly to be able to record an in-depth recap episode that Adriana and I are so used to, but we did have time to have a really great conversation with uh, Puebla Feminist goalkeeper Sienna Relas, which will be coming up um, right after my little intro. Uh, just a couple keynotes that I wanted to highlight before we get into that. Um, Richa Cervantes, congratulations. She tied the historic team goal scoring record that Norma Paula Fox had taken with 21 goals, which would make this upcoming Clásico Tapatio just that much more exciting. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, we have America versus Tigres. We have Pumas versus San Luis, who is making things interesting for everybody. And of course, Rayados versus Toluca, with Toluca being a really complicated matchup this, uh, this tournament. So definitely some games to look forward to. If you can't find them on your local news channels, as always, go ahead and DM your friends. They will help you. Um, so yeah, I know that we normally do an episode, but uh, I apologize on my end because of my because of everything that's going on. But enjoy the Clásico Nacional. Some great stuff over at the Mexican Soccer Show. Enjoy these matches. We've had a double a double hornada with the BMX Femenil, and uh, let's get forward to more national team matches as well. So thank you guys so much as always for following us. And here is our interview with Sienna Relas. All right, guys, we're joined with another special guest here on the Our Football Pod. And we're so excited because obviously Adriana and I do this in English. We want to create this platform for Mexican-Americans or just, you know, Mexico fans of the league, of the teams that speak English and want to digest this. So we're super excited to be welcoming the newest member of Puebla Femenil, absolutely amazing goalkeeper, Sienna Isabella Relas. Sienna, how are you today? Hello, hello. I'm doing good. How are you both? We're good. Adriana, how are you? I'm good. I'm just so excited because um, I mean, I don't. We haven't had a goalkeeper on. We have a really good story with, with regarding a goalkeeper um, with, with Paola Lopez, but now we actually have a, an actual goalkeeper. <laughs> so I'm really psyched uh, to have Sienna on. Uh, talk a lot about Liga Mekis Femenil, uh, just tons to talk about. So thank you so much, Sienna, for joining us today. No, thank you guys. And after hearing that, I'm even more excited. <laughs> <laughs> no, Sienna, but before we get started on the soccer talk, I just want to say, for any of you who don't know this, California is very particular about its locationships. We're very territorial and we're very, we, we're very in the know of like where we are. So I am super excited, not just because she's Mexican-American and, you know, we love to be able to speak English about the Liga Mex Feminine, but Sienna, you're, you're from Downey Downey, right? Like you grew up there, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. I was actually <laughs> born in Whittier, but ever since I was, I think, three or four, I've lived in Downey. So she's, a, she's basically for you guys who don't know, I grew up in Hawthorne and that's like, she's like 15 minutes on a good day with no, with no traffic away mm-hmm. from me, but yeah. with traffic, it's like an hour and a half. I have to say there's this really good. So da- how long has it, I mean, obviously with quarantine and everything, how long has it been since you've returned to Downey? Oof. I've been, I've been here in Puebla for two months and a half about. So I haven't been home since Actually, we, I got here a little bit before Christmas, okay. so I haven't been home in a little while. Okay, all I have to say is you guys have this really good seafood place that has, like, a really good clam chowder. It's, like, right off the freeway. I'm not sure where it is. I just know that yeah. Downey has right. a re- really, really I'll good food. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, Sienna, how are you? How's everything going? You know, how are you adjusting uh, to life over there as of right now? Well, you know what? 
I'm doing so good. Yesterday, we just, uh, we had just played San Luis Atletico here at home and played in um, El Estadio Cotemoc, and we ended up beating them 2-0. So it, yesterday was just a day full of emotions. Um, was our first one of the season. And then obviously being at home and, and coming out with a shutout as a team, we were just so ecstatic. Um, but I've been doing really good. I've been enjoying my time so much here in Mexico. Um, and it's definitely been a transition, but it's been, so far it's been just a bunch of new experiences and learning a lot and asking a lot of questions, but it's been really good, thank God. I was just gonna ask something like food related because you guys were talking about the awesome clam chowder place. I wanted to ask you, Sienna, um, how has Puebla treated you um, food-wise? Because people might not know this, but every like state in Mexico has a really particular style of food. And Puebla is known for like semitas, for instance, which are these really amazing like beef and meat and all these kinds of stuff, yummy stuff inside like a torta, which is really, really good. Um, my mouth is watering just thinking about that. Um, how is that treated you? <laughs> So it's actually really funny. I'm vegetarian and I've been oh, vegetarian no. <laughs> for a little bit over a year and a half. So I'm actually, so I'm currently living in Casa Club. And so when I got here, I told her chef, I was like, hey, so to let me know, I'm vegetarian. She told me, she was like, what do you eat? And at <laughs> first she thought I was vegan. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I literally eat everything except for me. So, like, coming here, honestly, I, I was kind of scared. I was like, oh, no, Mexicans, we love meat. We love a carne asada, all that stuff. But honestly, at least where I live in Puebla, there's so many vegetarian options, which is really nice. Um, and the food here is amazing. Like, when I first got here, something that's super popular is, you know, mole. That's oh, yeah. a traditional poblano, poblano plate. So um, the day before I reported with the team, my dad and I went to, the, went to this restaurant in the middle of the city and we ordered an entree that had like five different types of mole. And it was so good. And I tell, I tell everyone that I talk to, eating Mexican food here has ruined it for me because I know when I go back to the States, it's not going to be the same. <laughs> But the food is just, I don't know, it just has a different, different taste, a different sasso to it. And Honestly, the food here is just, ooh, it's amazing. Which says a lot. You, 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 you like, actually have to go, sorry, Amy. Yeah. You have to go to this ice cream place that's really close. Um, it's called Topolinos. Um, just ask someone in Puebla around there, because I, I know it's, it's near like Puebla, like city. I think it's in Atlisco, which is also a really nice part of town, like the state and stuff like that. But they have like really famous ice cream. I have no idea why ice cream in Puebla, but it's really good. So yeah, just like another thing to add to your list, because you can go there. <laughs> I love ice cream, so I most definitely will. And it's such a testament to like Mexican food, right? Because I feel the same way. And that's that's like a huge statement to make because I mean, it's LA or like, you know, LA adjacent or California, like we have really good Mexican food. But when oh, I, felt, I felt the same way when I went to Tijuana for the first time to catch a Cholos Feminine uh, game, like my, my colleague Cesar took me and we like had like really, really good tacos. And I was like, man, like you can taste the difference. And then I went a little yeah. bit further and I went into Leon for like, another couple games over there and you're like yeah it just like no contest like it's Mexican food it's just different. <laughs> yeah for sure for sure but Sienna you were mentioning a little bit about that win you guys had over uh, Atletico San Luis I mean you're on a really great streak right now you have three clean sheets out of the five matches that you've played in but let's rewind a little bit um 
you know, just to, I, one of the things we love to talk about is just like the journey of how players get to the Liga MX Femenil. Um, and, you know, so, you know, how did it go at the University of Washington? And then, you know, how did you hear about it? I know that I saw I was, when I was doing my research. I heard a little bit about, you know, how you kind of like told your dad with, with excitement that, you know, they were allowing dual nationals into the league. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I actually just graduated from the University of Washington this December. Um, and so when I first arrived in Seattle, I'll be honest, I didn't know what to expect. <laughs> and I would say my journey playing college was a series of highs and lows. Um, I definitely learned how to appreciate the game from a different lens. Entering into college, I was used to being the only goalkeeper on my team, playing every single minute to going to the bench and not even traveling. So having that transition was really difficult for me at first because I, was, I wasn't even used to it. And just playing at a higher level than, than in club and just being around, surrounded by so many talented players and older players um, was something that took me a little while to get used to and adjusted. But I was fortunate enough in my junior year that I was able to prove myself and have the opportunity to play. And in doing so, um, in my first debut game versus the University of Florida, at the time they were ranked in the top 10, um, I ended up meeting Hope Solo's debut record for the most saves as a debut goalkeeper. So just with that and just knowing the program history, um, I just wanted to compete and to prove myself, but also be able to push my push my teammates and help them on and off the field as players and as students. But most importantly, just being able to do what I love, which is playing soccer and being able to represent the great institution that UW is. Um, And I actually was planning on playing for a fifth season, um, but obviously due to COVID, that didn't happen. Um, So a little bit prior to that occurring, um, I had overheard from my head coach, Leslie Gallimore, that La Liga was um, going to start allowing Mexican-American players to play because one of the previous alums was going to actually come to our team to start training to prepare for that. And I thought, oh, my gosh, that is, sounds like such an amazing opportunity. Um, and especially being half Mexican, my dad was born in, and raised in Mexicali and immigrated um, when he was younger. Um, I've always been in touch with being Mexican. If you ask me, yes, you know, what are you? Oh, I'm Mexican and I'm Puerto Rican. But especially coming from a big family, being Mexican, um, it was just something that I always identified with. And I was always proud to tell people and, and I feel like I'm Mexican at heart. So when I heard about that opportunity, I told, I told my parents, specifically my dad, I was like, dad, you know, what do you think of this? You know, I'm going to graduate soon. And obviously, you know, that I want to continue playing professionally. You know, what do you think about it? And he told me, he was like, honestly, this would be a great opportunity. Um, You know, it would give you a great experience to, to live abroad, but also, you know, kind of become more in touch with part of your culture and part of who you are and who, and who your family is. Um, so once they canceled the Pac-12 uh, season, this, which was supposed to be the 2020 season, I was like, all right, you know what? As unfortunate as it is, and as much as I did want to play 
my last season, I knew that God had a plan for me. And I was like, you know what? This is my time. You know, as much as I love being here in Seattle, at some point, I'm going to have to leave. <laughs> so um, I started talking with my coaches, um, both at the university level and some of my mentors and coaches back at home in SoCal. Um, and I decided, I was like, you know what? I want to pursue this and I want to play in Mexico. So that's kind of how my decision came along. That's such an amazing story. I have so many questions, but first of all, I actually yeah. saw that <laughs> video of your first game. <laughs> um, how yeah. did you get a number zero jersey though? <laughs> that was, I, I saw it and I was like, that's like, that's, that's like a weird choice. How did that come about? <laughs> so in all throughout my club career, I was double zero. And so when I got to college, um, the only number of the number available that was the closest to it was zero. So I was like, okay, I'll go with it. That's fine. Um, and it's actually funny because once I got here to La Liga, I was like, all right, none of the goalkeepers were zero, double zero. I'm going to be the first one. And so when I got here talking to our director, Marisa, she's like, all right, Sian, well, here's a list of numbers. Which ones do you want? And I'm looking at the list and I don't <laughs> see neither of them. And I'm like, um, Marisa, you know, is there any way it can be either of these numbers? And she goes, oh, yeah. So um, they don't let you as, you know, <laughs> as players have zero or double zero. She's like, oh, I'm sorry. I was going to tell you that because you know, that was your college number. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to choose? So I'm looking at this list of random numbers. And I come across the last one, which was 35. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, just give me that one. <laughs> <laughs> so you went like from the minimum yeah, possible so which was non-existent to the, okay. like, yeah to the top number available yeah you That's know sometimes so you get what you get and you just don't get upset you know yeah you never know when you're going to stick to a number and it'll just be lucky and you can just keep on going and just have that memory of going from zero to 35 yeah that, that, that was really funny when I saw it I was like it's so rare to see a number zero jersey I mean we have seen like players usually have like a number nine striker, right? Or stuff like that. You, occasionally you'll see like, um, I think there's someone in the men's yeah. league that has like a number one jersey and he's not a goalkeeper. And you usually keep that one for the goalkeeper, right? So we're kind of used to now <laughs> yeah. seeing like numbers just like rotate everywhere on the field. But yeah, definitely we're, we're still expecting that that number zero. Yeah, maybe, maybe sometime soon. Maybe sometime soon. Hopefully of, one day. <laughs> hopefully one day. But speaking of the highs uh, that Sienna was mentioning, um, if you guys don't know that that debut game against Florida, she had seven saves, which is the most, like she said, from a co uh, keeper since Hope Solo in 1999. You also, had, I mean, it's Pac-12 for those of you who don't know about the college system, which I imagine you do because you listen to this pod. You know, like she was facing some big teams. She was facing UCLA, USC, ASU, and you were having some huge saves. Now I have to ask because it always happens with goalkeepers. Did you always want to be a goalkeeper, or were you a field player and then you realize I have potential in goal? Oh, man. Let, let me start from the beginning because you guys didn't think this was funny. <laughs> so I, I did not start as a goalkeeper. I actually didn't even want to play soccer in the beginning. Um, I have a cousin who were, were two months apart and we're really close. And he began playing soccer. And so one game, I went with my parents to watch him play. And I thought, ooh, this is so cool. I want to try this. And so the following year, like, I completely forgot about it. I was also, like, seven at the time. So the next year, you know, next year, new season, and my parents tell me, 
Sienna, we signed you up for soccer. You're going to play. And I was like, oh, hell no. I was like, <laughs> I don't want to play soccer. And they're like, what do you mean? Like, you were so excited about your cousin Sebastian. What happened? And I was, and I told them, like, mom, dad, soccer's for boys. And they told me, they're like, oh, no, 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 no. We already signed you up. You're going to play. First practice, I absolutely loved it. And so I actually started off as a defender and a forward. I would switch off every now and then. And so in my second year playing rec, um, our goalkeeper was going to go away for the weekend. And our coach asked the parents, parents, you know, so-and-so's not going to be here. Does one of your daughters want to play goalkeeper? Of course, my dad. Ah, just throw CNN. Just throw her in. She'll be fine. And when I found out, I was pissed. Because <laughs> I always thought goalkeepers were the laziest players on the field. Ah, they just stood there in the box. They don't run. They just yell at you. So I was, I just did not want to play. And it's funny because that weekend I ended up playing several games and I was a natural at it. It just came so easy to me. And ever since then, I've, I've been a goalkeeper. I love how you were betrayed twice, but in like a really convenient way for you. Like one, you never asked to sign up for playing yeah. soccer. And then two, your dad's exactly. just like, just throw her in the goal. What's the worst that'll happen? Exactly. <laughs> That's my father. But it ended up being a blessing because I mean, at that age, never in my life would I have thought that I would be where I am today. I actually um, saw an interview. It's so funny the way you mentioned it because it seems as though this is like like sort of a common story between some goalkeepers. Um, I was listening to Ceci Santiago now with PSV um, and she mentioned kind of the same thing. She was like, oh, well, you start off as goalkeeper, but you, you're not really into it at first because usually that's the, the position that gets picked last. And then somehow yeah. it's like meant for you and you just stick with it and you're like, yeah, this is where I belong, right? Exactly. And did you, like, do you know any of these goalkeepers? Have you, have you met any of them? Um, like, like Ceci Santiago, for instance, or some other of the goalkeepers here in the league? Um, any, any relation with them? Have you talked with them about just joining the league and what to expect and stuff like that? So two players that I actually talked to. Um, one is Amanda Perez. She is an alum at UW and actually played two years with her sister, with her sister Amanda Perez who's actually playing in Portugal. And so when she came to start training with our team in preparation uh, to play at Cholos, which was the first team that she played at, I was asking her a lot of questions and whatnot. And once she started playing there, I kept in contact with her and, and I would text her, DM her like, how are things going? Yada, yada. Um, and when I made the decision that I was, that I wanted to play in La Liga, I reached out to her and I was like, hey, can I ask you a couple questions? Like, how's your experience been? Like, what are some pros and cons? Like, what are some things that I should know to prepare, you know, because that's something that I want to pursue. And what are some things that was kind of, you know, difficult for you in that transition from living here into this in the States and, and moving to Mexico. And another um, uh, was Itzel Gonzalez, the goalkeeper at Cholos. Um, I played on a summer team, um, with Strikers FC and she came several times to train with us. So I was able to meet her that way um, and just have has just kept in contact with her. And, and in the process of, you know, making my decision, I, I also reached out to her um, and they both gave me great advice. Um, and actually saw you said when I debuted, which was really fun and hopefully I'll be able to see Veronica when we play them um, at the end of the season. 
it's very it's really interesting Sian, because you mentioned you just graduated right and a lot of uh, a lot of times right p- players who are in the college system end up going to the nwsl so so my first question is you know what made you obviously you're passionate and you're very excited but what made you drift more towards the liga max feminine and since you're one of you know it's a new trend right the, the college system players that do have that option to come it seems to be an avenue adrian and i have talked about it you know it is another option for them um, you know, what's the difference in the collegiate system versus playing in the league? And did you have any consideration of the NWSR? Or was it just like that passion of wanting to come play um, in a country that you feel so connected to? Mm. In the beginning, I did consider possibly playing for the NWSL. But I thought, you know what? I'm, I'm, I was born and raised here in the States. And as much as I do love playing here, I want to have a completely different experience. I want to be challenged. I want to be thrown into something that I have no idea how it's going to end up. Um, And something that I've always loved to do has been traveling. You know, whether if it was tournaments on the weekend, going to Vegas, going to, you know, to Florida, Jersey, things like that. It was something I always looked forward to, just being somewhere that I I had no idea where I was going to be. So that being said, I've always known that I wanted to play abroad. And as much as I love playing in the States, I just wanted to kind of break out of my shell and be put in a situation that I would be in a sense uncomfortable, but in a good way where I would be able to learn and have once in a lifetime experiences. That being said, um, one of my personal goals is to play for the Mexican national team. Ever since I was, I started playing soccer, that's been something that I've been wanting to pursue. That being said, I, I, in speaking with my parents and my coaches and mentors, I, I came to realize like, you know what, the best opportunity for me to, to gain experience in terms of playing Mexican style soccer, um, being able to learn the lingo, how, how the coaches coach, um, what are expectations and standards for the players? What are they looking for in players? How is the competition? I figured there'd be no better, no better option than, than to come here and play in Mexico. And in addition to that, I also, you know, kind of like I, I said a few moments ago, just being able to experience the culture and and kind of just learn more of, of where my family comes from. So that being said, um, playing in Mexico kind of has has been something that I've known I wanted to do for the last couple of years. And Sienna, how has it been, um, how has it met your expectations and how has it been different from what you heard from other players, what you expected, maybe like regarding the culture, the league, how has, how has it met your, like your expectations or how has it been a little bit surprising? Well, to be quite honest, I, I wouldn't say I necessarily had many expectations. I just didn't really know what to expect in a sense. I mean, living, I think anyone who decides to go to a completely different country and live on their own like that for the first time. There's so many thoughts that go through your head. Um, but if anything, since I've arrived, the team, the players, the staff, the support staff, the club in general has just been so overwhelmingly welcoming. And even though I'm an extranjera and I'm super wetta <laughs> and they call me like gringa and all that stuff, um, I it's been a blessing because I've been able to fit in perfectly with the girls um one thing I was really surprised about is how much younger some of the girls are for example um one of the other goalkeepers she's 15 
and I'm about to be 23, so I'm feeling old as hell <laughs> compared to some of the other girls. Um, and then in addition to that, um, I don't know, I, I've always thought at the professional level, you wouldn't necessarily have the feeling of family with teams just because I feel like things are very, are very cutthroat. But here, I, you know, stepping onto the fields, I literally have a family with me that, that is super supportive. But at the same time, you know, we push each other and we work hard because we want to win at the end of the day. But, you know, I know that, you know, we also can have so much fun and enjoy what we're doing at the same time. And, it, and I noticed that a lot. I, honestly, I'm going to say this was not part of what I was about to say, but you just reminded me like Puebla Femenil. We've always talked about this, like their community manager for social is just hysterical. Like yeah. I literally I'm, I'm not joking. I literally get Toyota Sienna as oh my, God. my timeline now. <laughs> After the game, my goalkeeper coach was like, Sienna, did you see? And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> And then the director's like, yeah, Toyota Sienna. And I'm like, what do you mean? And they're like, check your Twitter. I looked on Twitter and I just was laughing hysterically. I was like, oh my gosh, they even put my gloves on the image. It was so, so- oh my gosh, they're just, they're hilarious. They absolutely are. I have to send you a screenshot of it. Like I literally, every time, like I'm just like passing through the timeline and then there's just an ad. I'm like, this is because I liked and, you know, was engaging with the Puebla Feminine chat. But it's so, it's it was so funny. Um, There was a, there was an article I was reading before we, you know, while I was researching where you said, um, you you felt really confident in your in your in your ability to speak Spanish and I can hear it right like there's like especially in your interview sometimes there is that like really normalized accent that automatically comes within when you're speaking but you also said something that as a Mexican-American I could totally like relate with you said like but when I got to Mexico I realized that I did not know how to speak Spanish as well as I thought I did what was that moment for you like if you can remember specifically um, where you were like, oh, I have to really practice at this. <laughs> well, okay. So actually a little bit before I got here, like I, I felt pretty confident speaking Spanish with my family over the phone and things like that conversation stuff in the States. But when I got here, the accents, you know, people speaking different lingo, different dialects, um, or speaking just really fast. And I was like, oh, damn, I got a lot of work. I tell everyone that asks me to this day I've been here two months and a half every single damn day I learn something new I get corrected I get laughed at but it's okay because it's part of the learning experience but like when I first got here um I would say stuff and my teammates are like what are you saying or they'd be like do you mean this or they would just look at me really puzzled when I would say certain things. And oh my gosh, the worst in the beginning were the names. But um, it's just, it honestly is just a process of learning. And like in my interviews in Spanish, and even when I'm talking in person, sometimes like so I'll have days where my Spanish is just on point, it's flowing, no errors. And then I have days where I can't even speak properly. I don't even <laughs> in my mind so it kind of depends but luckily the girls you know they understand that it's my second language and they tell me they're like you know your Spanish is actually really good you understand a lot and you can speak pretty well 
and it's funny because they tell me they tell me they're like Sienna, you know if you if you're saying grosseria like the bad words and stuff you say it perfectly like us and <laughs> the music like me i love reggaeton you put re- reggaeton on i start dancing anywhere they're like you know you sing the words perfectly why can't you speak like that so it's been funny but you know little by little day by day just taking it you know as i can and I'm hoping by the end of the year I'll be perfect. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mine is mine is my moment of clarity was when somebody spoke super fast Spanish, and I was like, "Man, I have no idea what's going on anymore." Like my brain just shut down. I was like, "I was like, I don't know what's going on anymore." But it's so funny because that's exactly how I feel. It's like some days I'm like, I, I totally know what I'm talking about, and then other days like my the vocab and the translation that happens in your head as you're trying to speak in real time just gets lost, and you're like, you know what? They'll figure out what I'm trying to say exactly exactly and has any of that like actually happened during the games like when you're screaming at something at someone and like the right word doesn't come out and you, you kind of have to like i don't know like understand each other with i don't know gestures or something has something like that happened during the game oh yeah there's been times where i'll like scream words in english and i'm like oh no <laughs> well, we actually have one girl um jackie Cosegatin. she mm-hmm. speaks english so sometimes If she, sometimes I'll, I will, I will like give her directions in English if I'm just like trying to say something really quick. But since like before I even got here, my idea of how to say certain things, soccer in terms of like soccer lingo, was completely wrong, so bad. So like I'm still learning, and I've gotten a lot better. But there are times when I'm like trying to scream something so my player can hear me. And I completely get like tongue twisted and I don't even know what comes out of my mouth. Or sometimes let's just look at me and I have to repeat certain things. Um, so that's still, you know, learning process. <laughs> so Sienna, you were mentioning um, your dream over here would be to be called up for the national team. How excited were you after all these changes were announced uh, with the senior team, the U20, U17 and the U15 Um, having all these just amazing coaches uh, take over those squads. And it just seems as though they actually have a really strong project for this year. So how much do you think that could benefit you to get to getting that call? Absolutely. I think not only myself, but just, I think players in the league in general, it's super exciting to see an all female staff. That's very rare. And having female coaches, um, in soccer is, is not very common. So when I first heard about those changes, I was so excited. Um, I thought immediately women empowerment, women going for women, women playing and coaching in the game. I think that says a lot. And I honestly think that not only the Mexican national team, but here with La Liga, that um, they want to bring in more players. They want to increase the level and talent um, of the country overall. And I think that's really exciting to see as a player, especially one that aspires to play at, at that next level. That being said, um, for example, just being able to hear and hear and see that all of these coaches are are attending games and being attentive to to um, the games going on in La Liga, it it, it motivates you to want to play at the, the best ability that you possibly can. Um, and that being said, um, It's also really exciting to see um, and to obviously await to see what will happen 
in terms of the Mexican national team and just to be able to see it grow and hopefully to continue to just get better and better, better as the years come. Bringing it back full circle, Sienna, you know, you mentioned that when your parents first signed you up, you said, you know, girls don't play soccer. <laughs> and, and, and it's fun. It's interesting, right? Because we have a lot, I mean, you broke, you know, Hope Solo's record in, in college, in the university, you know, as a, as a dual national that grew up in the U S you know, you did have representation, right? The 99ers are a huge representation, obviously the U S women's national team. I mean, that, and speaking of that representation, did you, and you're passionate so much about Mexico. Did you, did you also see that from the Mexican side? Were you ever really attracted to the U S women's side, you know, from that end, you know, what, what, like what role models, I guess, is my question, you know, when you were growing up that, that inspired you from, from the, from a women athlete standpoint? Well, for starters, um, I've always admired, have always admired Hapsala, just her tenacity, her aggressiveness on the field, how she just dominated in the air on 1v1s distribution um, and just how she just said things as it was and, and, and she was always in a sense true to herself and just really didn't care what people thought. So in that aspect, I, I, I growing up did look up to her because there is really no other soccer players, let alone female goalkeepers like that. Um, and that being said, I feel like, you know, the way that I play that there are some similarities. Um, but of course, you know, growing up as a kid, um, I did love watching the U.S. national team games. I still do, absolutely. Um, and they're considered to be one of the best in the world, which for good reason. <laughs> um, but that being said, um, as I kind of got older and recognized, you know, my strengths as a player and, and what I was capable of, um, I came to realize, like, you know what, I... I, as much as I would love to play for the U.S. national team, I just feel more, more of a connection with playing with the Mexican, if I could possibly play with the Mexican national team, just because of my cultural background. Um, but regardless, like to this day, I love following. It's just absolutely amazing. And it motivates you as a player, as a person, and especially as a woman to be able to see that empowerment, um, to think, you know, to use your your platform and position as an athlete to be able to voice your opinions to to speak upon important issues that are important to you and and that's something that i really admire for example megan rapino she's a prime example of that so in seeing that that's something that i would like to like to pursue and that is something that i would love to do um because as a professional athlete you have so many eyes, you have so many eyes on you. As, as crazy and kind of scary as it sounds, it's just the truth. So that being said, I, I'm a strong believer in util, utilizing your position and platform um, for the better good. And regarding um, like having those experiences and looking forward in the league, are there any teams or any stadiums or players that you're like really looking forward to facing this semester? Like in your first actual experience in the Yamex Femini, but you've kind of heard about it or just... I don't know, a stadium you, you want to go visit or another city? Is there one that's actually on your mind? You're like, oh, I'm really looking eager to that particular game? Well, there's been several. <laughs> but I think as of right now, with the games that we have left over, I'm looking most forward to playing against Monterrey in America. Because obviously, they're the top of the top. They have really, really talented players, several that are on the Mexican national team. And as of right now, they're on the top of the, of the table. So that would be an amazing, amazing opportunity and experience. 
Yeah, I think you're up for the challenge. So that would be a really fun. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but kind of going into what you said about, right, that your platform and, and what you're able to do with it. Um, one really cool thing I saw um, recently was you sending a message to a little girl named Evie and just telling her oh, to never yeah. give up. <laughs> And where did that, where did that come from? What's the origin of that? And then just going off of that, you know, what do you hope to do for, you know, just in particular, I guess, Mexican girls, you know, that's something huge that, that was been talked about since it is the week of, you know, just after International Women's Day um, mm. that you want to see in the future. Absolutely. Well, for one thing, when I heard about the story, I got so mad. I was like, what? This can't be true in 2021 people and I read more into it and I was just in shock to hear that she was told oh you can't play because you're a girl what type of bs is that soccer especially in the states for girls is so popular you have ECNL DA you have the college playing at the collegiate level which is one of the few countries in the world where it's so not only so popular but the level of play is really high that you have players coming from different countries to play and to hear that oh you know you know we don't want you know to have her play because she's a girl I thought that was absolutely ridiculous and I was like you know what I want to reach out to her just leave her a little message just to say hi and to let her know that you know even though she was told that she couldn't play with the boys that's not like to not let her stop playing soccer because there are so many prime examples, you know, from the women's national team, collegiate players, um, to just like the, all the, you know, all the opportunities that you can play at the club level, regardless of the, of, you know, how old you are. Um, I just didn't want her to think that she couldn't play soccer because she was a girl. I thought that was absolutely, you know, heartbreaking to hear because I mean, I've never had an experience that someone told me, ah, you can't play soccer because you're a girl. Um, but to hear that, you know, her being so little to have that, I know it must have impacted her and her parents and family, obviously, and, and others as well, in a way that, you know, that would make them want to be fired up. And so that's why I reached out to her. And I just thought, you know, wow, when I was her age, I was just starting to play soccer. And if I heard that, I don't even know how I, I would have reacted. So that's why I decided to reach out to her to say hi, but also try to, to motivate her to keep playing because from my personal experience in playing soccer has taught me so many lessons, you know, as an athlete, as a person in life. And I think sports in general, whether, you know, you're a boy, you're a girl, if you don't identify with any gender, anything it may be, sports teaches you so many things and you learn to appreciate things from a different mentality and perspective that ultimately guide you and provide you with tools you know for the rest of your life yeah i i think especially like i mentioned right with international women's day it's not just this day or this month you know it's like we have to keep we have to we have to keep letting people understand that it is a struggle because somehow exactly. there's always someone in our ears um or you know whether it's from a journalism standpoint or especially as athletes i mean you guys deal with so much as athletes right like you said you're all of a sudden put up in this platform and you know all a lot of eyes are on you um mm -hmm. so it's it's amazing i mean when i saw that i thought that's super cool the only thing we can keep doing is you know lifting up little girls as much as possible um and because of that you know kind of my final question and then thank you so much for joining us sienna is just 
you know, what are, what are you hoping now that you're in Mexico and you're kind of integrating yourself into, into the culture, into the community, into everything? What's your hope for the league and what's your hope for Mexican soccer for women moving forward? Well, one thing that I really hope in term to, to do and to also to inspire people is that anything is possible. Anything is possible. One thing that people may not know or realize is I have type 1 diabetes and I've had it since I was three and I'm about to turn 23. So pretty much, you know, most of my life. And I think that there's a big misconception in terms of athletes, you know, being, you know, not misconception, but that as athletes, you know, we're, we're viewed as this one, as this one identity as, ah, they play this sport. That's who they are. That's their identity. But as people, as players, we're so much more than that. We come from different backgrounds. We come from different experiences. And, you know, although we're playing on the field, there's so much more that, that is revolving around us. That being said, especially being here in the league, I just want to prove to people that it doesn't matter where you come from, what's your background. If you have, you know, illness, an, an illness, although I don't consider diabetes to typically be one, that it doesn't matter what people tell you or people's negative conceptions or what they may say at the end of the day, you know who you are and that's all that matters. And if you can prove to people on and off the field who you are, your identity and who you are as a person, that is the utmost respect I think that anyone could achieve. So that's something that I want to, I would like to, to do in this league is just voice and, you know, be an advocate for, you know, having diabetes because there's not that, there's not that many of us playing soccer, at least per, at the professional level yet. For example, Jordan Morris is one on the men's side, but just being able to just voice out, be an advocate and just educate people is ultimately what I, what I want and aspire to do. Well, I think that's great. Um, I, 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 there's no other way to end it. It's just too inspirational. <laughs> Sienna, thank you so much for, for joining us on our pod. No, thank, you. Um, thank you to you both. I had so much fun. We did too. Um, Sienna has some really great matches looking forward to against Mazatlan and Chivas because we have like a double Fortnada this week. So oh, best of luck yeah. <laughs> to you. you in your matches as always everyone keep up with the content follow the hashtags follow sienna she's doing great in the league right now Mm -hmm. um because at the end of the day it is our football all right guys thank you so much we'll see you next week thank you